It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Turn with me once again, please, to the book of Romans in chapter number 8. We're dealing with this thought this week, are you walking in the Spirit? And we've really just begun to hit some of the meat of this passage. We've done a quick review showing the context of where we are at now. And without going back into all of that, what we're dealing with here in chapter 8 is something for believers only. An unbeliever cannot walk in the Spirit of God as we have been trying to show from the Word of God. So we've shown you the deliverance of the Spirit in verse number 1. It's from condemnation. It's from the power of our sin. It's not just dealing in a salvation sense. In this passage, we are again dealing with believers. And God did not intend for us to live constantly in defeat to our sin. You see, when I fail, when I continually fall into sin, I get into this place where I feel condemned, even though legally I am fine before God, but my fellowship is broken, and I feel guilty because I am guilty. I am living in a way that does not please God. But God does not expect me for, to, to walk around with that, those feelings and that weight of condemnation on my shoulders all the time. He's made a way that I can live in victory over my sin. And when I do fail, He's made a way that I can confess my sin to Him. And the Bible says that He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we've looked at the deliverance of the Spirit. We've looked at the dwelling of the Spirit. We see that in verse number 11. And the Holy Spirit, through the direction of God the Father, has moved into my heart. Just a down payment. Just the earnest money of all the inheritance that we are going to receive when we go to heaven to be with Christ. I don't know why He chose to give us what He's done, but He's given us more than we can fathom. He's been better to us than any one of us deserve. And I sure don't deserve it. I sure... I can't comprehend it, but I'm so glad He did give it. And I'm glad that He lives inside of me. But He's not there just to take up space, my friend. The Holy Spirit has moved in to fulfill a purpose in your life. As I said yesterday, He's not just a comforter when you're hurting. He's not just a helper when you're struggling. He's not just an intercessor to aid us in our prayer because later on in Romans chapter 8 we find out we don't even know how to pray like we ought. But He knoweth the mind of the Spirit and He maketh intercedings for us or intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. He's praying for us. May I say He is there in more than just an advisory capacity in our lives. He's there so that if you'll allow Him, He will take full control of your life. As I said yesterday, I don't believe in a second blessing or the second filling of the Holy Spirit of God. 
I believe you got all that you could get at the moment of salvation. You don't need any more of Him. But may I say, He might need more of you. I was speaking, and I used this phrase yesterday without giving credit to who it is really due to. And it's this is from Brother Harrison Hill. He goes to our church. Some of you may know him. Um, he told me yesterday, or a couple days ago, maybe it was Sunday night, we were talking, and he, some preacher, I believe, told him this. He said, it's not how much of the Holy Spirit you have. It's how much of you does He have. You see, many times in our lives we want to take possession or keep parts of our life reserved to ourselves, reserved for the flesh. Again, that sinful nature. And so there are things that the Holy Spirit begins to try to deal with in our lives and we say, um, no, you're not allowed in there. You can't have that. I mean, God, I'll give up this, but that's no, no, that that's that ain't that bad. I'm keeping that. Oh, that's just my conscience, you know. It's it's nothing big. Everybody else can do it and still go to church and be just fine. I ought to be okay. And you see what we do by allowing these little sins in our life is we hinder, we grieve, we quench the Holy Spirit of God. We limit what He can do in our lives. You say, but He's God. He can do anything. I would say I agree. He can do anything. But He has chosen to allow us a choice of whether we're going to serve Him or not. He doesn't force us. We find in, I believe it's Psalms in chapter 78, and like maybe verse 84 or something like that, it shows how Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. It's not that he didn't have any less power. It's that he wasn't going to force them to do something against their will because that would be, it's not love, it's not service when you force somebody to do that. It's slavery. God chose for us to get to have a choice. And so if you want to live independence on the Spirit, then you're going to have to yield yourself to Him. So we see the dwelling of the Spirit. But now we get to one of the points that I feel like really needs to be made if we're going to understand the steps that we need to take. And that is simply this. We're not only delivered by the Spirit, we're not only indwelt by the Spirit, but may I say that we are dependent on the Spirit for a lot more than what we realize we are. You see, nobody has a problem when we when I say, you know, we're dependent on the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, for salvation. Actually, I take that back. Some people do have a problem with that. Let me just go on record as saying this right now. That if God is not the one that convicts you over your sin, if there is no understanding of your sin nature before God, if the Holy Spirit has not convicted you, then what are you being saved from? Salvation is not a get-out-of-hell-free card. If you don't understand what's going on, a prayer is not going to magically save you. 
My friend, you have to have understanding on what God's done. And that only comes through the working of the Holy Spirit in your life when He begins to convict your heart and show you that, listen, it might be on a simple level, okay? But you'll know the difference. You'll know it's Him dealing with you, not just somebody else. I remember the time as a four-year-old boy, and there's not a lot of memories I have before that, but I do remember the time when for the first time in my life, it wasn't just somebody telling me, you know, if you don't accept Jesus Christ, you're going to die and go to hell. I remember the time where a cousin made a comment, and I know you don't, nobody can know when Christ is coming back, but somebody had made that speculation, oh, Jesus is coming back in this year. I don't remember, it would have been 2002, somewhere around there, I guess. And I remember... As that cousin said that, in my heart, in a, in a voice that only I could hear, and I didn't even know who it was at the time, but now I know it was the Holy Spirit of God, simply said, listen, if I come back, you're not going. I didn't understand a lot, but I knew I was lost. I got saved not that day, it was later on. But the Holy Spirit of God had convicted my heart and showed me that I needed to be saved. There's a lot of people trying to accept God on their terms rather than on His. May I say we are dependent on the Holy Spirit for salvation. There are people that I want so desperately to reach with the gospel of Christ. I want to see them saved. But I find my hands are tied because if the Holy Spirit of God does not work in their hearts, there is absolutely nothing that I can do to reach them. Nothing. I can speak to the ears. I might even can get in their head. But I can't get to the heart. That's God's business. One planteth, another watereth, but God giveth the increase. God's got to do the work. We are dependent on Him for salvation. May I say though, it goes farther than that. I'm going to use the big word again, sanctification, the process God makes us holy, or what we're dealing with right now. We are dependent on the Holy Spirit of God for our sanctification. I am dependent on Him to, in order for me to be able to live a life of true holiness and righteousness. It's not going to be by something I can do. It's going to be by dependence and by the direction of the Holy Spirit of God in my life. Some of us are content to stay in Romans chapter 7, attempting to live a Christian life in the power of the flesh and will never submit to the Spirit enough so that He could use us and help us live the life of Christ through our lives. We're dependent on Him for sanctification. May I say it goes deeper than that. We're dependent on Him for service. I'll let you know right off the bat, there is nothing of any spiritual work, there's no spiritual work of any sort that I can do in the power of my flesh and have any spiritual success. I may not have even worded that in the best way. What I'm trying to say is without God, we have nothing. Without God, we can do nothing. I can be as faithful as I want to the ministries God has called me to do. But if I don't allow the Holy Spirit to direct the ministry, 
and to empower me, and I just do what I think is best all the time, oh, I might be well respected by some, but I promise you when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, there will be nothing of any spiritual value accomplished by my efforts simply because I kept the Holy Spirit out of my life and I wanted to do things my way. Most Christians are living their lives that exact mentality is behind it. They are trying to live a so-called Christian life without being Christ-like. They will not allow or they will not submit to the Holy Spirit of God. They will not submit to the Word of God in their lives. And rather, they hold on to themselves and say, you know what, I'm going to live my life the way I want to. Rather than being in dependence on God and His Word, I'm going to be dependent on myself. I am self-sufficient. Look at the kind of Christian that I am. Look at what I do. Look at how much I give. Look at how many people I reach out to or my charitable donations or this or that or whatever else you want to feel in with, I am trying to explain to you that unless we realize our dependence on the Holy Spirit of God, we cannot get any help to live in victory. This is not about us. This is about Him. And I cannot live the life of Christ. I just can't. Period. I have no power to live the life of Christ. All I can do is to yield my body, my vessel, my personality, my everything about me, yield it to Him and allow Him to display Christ's life through my personality. It's got to be Him doing that in service. We've mentioned it already. He's got to do it in prayer. If He's not helping me pray, according to Romans chapter 8, and later on in the chapter verse like... Uh, Verse 26 and 27, I can't even pray without Him. Some of us have forgotten how dependent we're supposed to be. And we've decided to become the average independent American only in matters spiritual that's not a possibility. So all we've done is made it to where we are living defeated Christian lives. May I say, that is not God's intention. Again, I must ask you, are you walking in the Spirit? Are you dependent in the Spirit, on the Spirit? Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwallen.org.